I found it. I found the bandit. Blue hand? Ooh. Blue hand? Ooh. Green? Cree, maybe? Should we be concerned it's on a or They just make wishes on it in one <laughs> hand. <laughs> He's trying to throw it away and it keeps reappearing in their drawer. Oh, Aisha's not. Okay, different character. Oh. Different character. Oh. This is surprising to me. I love it. Take the bangle. I love the music on the show so much. But so nice. So where's the other one? I told you. The British have probably looted this place twice over mm. The British are coming. Oi! Oi, you! Then one will have to do Oi, this. let skaters! <laughs> Whoa! Ten, Ten rings logo on the ground! Empty! What's going on here? You did it! Asha, we don't know what What's going on I have so many questions! Bengals and Royals affiliated! What is going on? In our home dimension, the Noor dimension, we're known as clandestines. As to what we are, we've been called unseen. The list goes on. But what we're most commonly known as Wait, she's saying Jin? I'm sorry, did you just say Jin? Whoa, okay, whoa. This show is doing crazy stuff. I did not I, foresee any I, of this. <laughs> me neither. I, I don't know what where it is going, but I love it. I love this. This is really dope. Like, what does this Jin thing mean for Kamala? I don't know. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Welcome back to New Rockstars. Miss Marvel, episode three. Veered mm. into a direction I think few of us expected it to with the mentions of Jin's, clandestines, the Ten Rings. What, what is, is going, going on? on? <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's official after show for Ms. Marvel on Disney Plus. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown for this episode is gonna come out tomorrow after my breakdown for the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale. I hope you forgive me. I gotta get to that one first. Uh, but with me right now, reacting to episode three of Ms. Marvel is MT. MT, hats <laughs> off to you, my friend, for calling for calling this. Uh, I did not you. think that the Ten Rings would connect to the bangle at all, but you <laughs> and many others who theorized that were absolutely right. I have to give you uh, oh, all the credit you. for that. I think that is, uh, I did not see this coming, but I like, I'm actually genuinely happy to uh, to not know what is coming next. I think right? they're kind of moving in two different directions, right? Mm. Bringing in some uh, deep cut Marvel names and uh, things from mythology that I honestly think is, Really cool. So cool. So mega cool. I have no idea. Like, I really love that they're leading into this clandestines route because, like, no one really knows what the clandestines really are. It's a very obscure group in the Marvel comics. I, I cannot tell you one clandestines fan. No offense, Marvel. But, like, I I really love that they're doing this because not, not a lot of people know about the clandestines. So anything could happen. Like, we're going to be surprised no matter what. So like, that's what's really dope about this. I love it. Right. I think they intentionally chose the clandestines because fans don't have that strong of exactly. attachment to them so that they can have like a different name for them. <laughs> but I also feel like Marvel can like, doesn't even have to pull a name from the comics at all. Right. They can just say like, we're just called Jin and that's it. Um, but it actually is a, is connect, it's not a completely random choice either mm. because the clandestines actually do have a, an important tie to the Jin mythology. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little Imagine bit. Imagine they were like, um, oh, we're the Jin humans. Not inhumans, the Jin humans. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. This show would definitely lose me if they do that. Oh, my God. That would be weird. Okay, so in this episode of Ms. Marvel, we flash back to the pre-partition India 1942, showing Najma and her other companions digging through some rubble to find the severed blue hand wearing the bangle. And joining them is Aisha. Kamala's great-grandmother. Thankfully, uh, uh, Najma is not her great-grandmother. That would have scared the <laughs> hell out of us. Here's the camera. Uh, makes a lot more sense now seeing it this way. Uh, but they discuss how this man in a temple told mm-hmm. them that there would be two of these bangles, and these bangles would help them get home. Mm-hmm. Aisha puts on the bangle. Uh, her eyes glow purple. And then we see on the floor of this site is the logo of the Ten rings yes. and we all lose it <laughs> I lost it's it. so exciting <laughs> so mysterious but actually starts to answer quite a few questions about what's happening in phase four mm. uh but i'll get to that again in a moment uh in the present though najma and cameron tell this story to kamala right and mm. uh they claim that uh or at least najma claims that they got separated from aisha mm, right. but we didn't see mm. that in the flashback we just have to take her word for so it. sketchy we that meet the others a little, a little sketchy. We meet the others in her group, including Faria, Adam, and Celine. And mm. then Najma explains that they come from another dimension called the Noor dimension. N-O-O-R, Noor being the word for light. And uh, by the way, that's not really a thing in Marvel Comics. I don't think yeah. it's just uh, a new thing that the show is introducing. Right. And uh, that they have gone by many names over the years. I love it whenever Marvel does this. Kang the Conqueror did this. I have mm. many names over here. <laughs> uh, she mentions Ajnabi, Majnoon, and the Unseen, various mm. other names. The list goes on, but best known as Jin DJ I N N. We heard that in episode one. We started to talk about it, and man, I like who would have thought the one time I don't really uh, double down on demons being the answer is the time it actually is. <laughs> Man, right? I I freaking love this so much, man. Like, I really hope that like they, they, this isn't like a red herring. It's like, all right, no, you're actually a jinn. You're part demon, and uh, <laughs> I just think it's a really interesting take on this um, origin story. Like, I would have never ever guessed that they would go this route. Kamala debriefs Bruno, who says that he read a paper from a familiar name, Doctor Eric Selvig. Hey, it's still in Scarlet the Scarlet man in his underwear. <laughs> That's right. Or we hope it. We hope he's got underwear on because sometimes you know, stone hands see a bit too much. <laughs> yeah, you never know with that guy. Um, uh, so Bruno's going to do some research about interdimensional travel. Um, the DODC agent Deaver tries to search the mosque, but newly elected board member Nakia tells hey. her to f right off until she has Nakia, a warrant. Let's go. Love this. That's my president. Yeah, that's my president. I have Nakia twenty twenty four. <laughs> um, we just spend much of this episode at the wedding festivities of uh, Kamala's brother Amir and his mm. uh, fiance, now wife Taisha, and it, it's just so great. So I, I nice. loved all this. I love this. It was. I, I usually don't like dancing sequences, but I was like, this is really nice. This is wholesome. Like I like this. This this works. And like a Pakistani wedding it's so is so wonderful. beautiful. Yeah, I was invited to one of them. Uh, some of our close friends. They got married uh, a few years ago. I couldn't make the trip, and now I wish that I had because it, uh, it just looks like a blast. Although you know, when Bruno jumps in there, <laughs> I can tell everybody in the audience was like the carcassity of this bitch. I can't even believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. The whole family loves Bruno. He seemed very welcomed by them. It was fine. I'm just saying, like, for all of us watching, I just know that if I were the Bruno in that scenario, I think they would have stopped the music and said, hey, we love you. Just 
This, is, this is our thing. Have Just let us have a thing. This isn't about you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We're having a blast. It's fine. It's um, one of my favorite moments of this episode, MT, was Yusuf talking to Bruno at the Circle oh Q explaining gin folklore. Yes. I think these two are my favorite relationship of the series. Yes. I just love it so much. Her dad is the best, the absolute best. He's just chilling. He was like, yo, don't tell my wife I'm getting this because it's not good for me. Um, but also, here's the, here's the here's, I'm going to translate these uh, freaking things that you're doing and just casually and just be like, all right, bye. <laughs> And I have to shout out Bisha K. Ali for her writing on this series because mm. this is not an easy thing to do, introduce exposition in all these different ways. Each episode reveals to us more and more exactly what we need to know for each episode. Right. I feel like we are learning so much about the world each episode, but never feels like it's too much. Never just feels like it's just run-on sentences of people talking. It's always like a uh, this new interesting character combination. Uh, and, you know, as we saw in shows like Hawkeye, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier, nothing against those shows, but it is really hard to structure exposition in a way mm. that both keeps the mystery alive, but doesn't feel like they're annoyingly withholding anything from you. Mm. Like, every time I have a question on this show, the next scene answers it in a fun way. And that's really, really impressive. Like, mm. uh, I think I think Ms. Marvel is on par with Loki when it comes to world building and expectation management. Like, Maybe it's too soon for me to pay that praise, but I think this show is doing a... <laughs> Great job. Like, this could have been a complete whiplash and we'd all be confused, but no, they like, they explain everything you need to know. Yeah. And, like, and I, and I give them a lot of credit for that. Oh, no, like, I definitely agree. Like, especially with the whole uh, questions being answered thing. Like, they answer questions, but also, while, while also still keeping this general mystery that keeps you interested in learning more about, like, this, this universe and, like, this part of, um, you know, the Marvel Universe and Kamala's family and Kamala's life and, like, Kamala's whole mysterious lineage. Um, so like, yeah, it's, 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 a, they have a perfect balance of like, all right, we're going to give you some mystery, but we're going to give you some answers, but not too many answers. Cause we're, this is a journey here. Um, so yeah, I, I love this. This is a really great job by the writers. Uh, and also we got to talk about how, like how fast this episode moves. Like it introduces information. Then we have some comic relief. Like the pacing of this show is all really great. It's just yeah. like a fun, I thought it was just gonna be a fun vibe, but like, I, I'm so curious to learn more and to learn more and to learn more about these people and every character on the show is a fully fleshed out human being even amir amir is worried yeah. about his, his economic <laughs> anxieties and his new marriage we even get this nice little moment where amir's like i can't flee this place i need to get the money <laughs> and it's like falling out of his arms oh my god like every character no one just feels like they're just uh, pay like playing a plot role. In right. fact, I would say only so far the maybe some of the members of the Jin, uh, the clandestines. Mm. I don't know, but it's, they're new. We don't know everything about them yet, but we true. know enough about them, right? So um, Bruno says they they can't help the clandestines get back home without risking destructive energy surges to this dimension. So Kamala is having some second thoughts about helping them, but Cameron texts her back. You know, you just worry about your family's wedding today. We'll talk about. it. We'll figure it out. Um, we get, yeah, as you mentioned, some amazing dance sequences at the wedding. It is delightful. I mean, as a uh, a musical theater nerd growing up, I want everyone to burst into song and dance in every <laughs> single one of these shows. I don't care what genre it is. The Boys last week was incredible oh God, yes. to me. I love it. I understand it's not for everyone when people burst into song and dance. Uh, and at least it is obviously grounded. They're at a wedding. It makes sense for the be them to be doing these choreographed dances. Uh, I just think it's so great. I love that the parents are getting in there. I love mm. that little kid, that nephew with wearing the Hulk outfit. <laughs> <laughs> just inexplicably, he's like, yeah. <laughs> 
this, I'm a living Easter egg. So uh, Cameron arrives, you know Bruno's pissed. He's like, mm. I can't even have this dance with him. Bruno, the <laughs> yeah, look on his face so when Kamala says, can I dance? Bruno, man, he really, it was like Milhouse, lower those eyebrows. Like he was ready. <laughs> but he's totally um, Milhouse. Milhouse and Lisa <laughs> of the series. And the other one. But Najma is on her way. Kamala clears the floor with a fire alarm. The clandestines show up and they fight her and Bruno and they fight Cameron. They fight everybody. The fight is fine. It's mm. fine. Like, I think, ultimately, right now, we just don't know what exactly the Jin's power sets are. They're supposed to be, like, other dimensional uh, beings with right. some kind of powers. She said that the Nor exists in them in a smaller amount, but we didn't really see that. It's, they're just kind of pulling weapons off their belt and, right. you know, pulling weapons off of their, whatever that was, their necklace, and they'd <laughs> kind of produce these melee weapons. Um, but if these are, like, demons, they are not very scary. It kind mm. of felt like well, we can't have them beat the crap out of kids, right? Uh, and Kamala, to her credit, holds her own. It's just this whole fight was a bit like, okay, I understand. I understand. It's okay. It's yeah, fine. they definitely felt like it's... more super soldiers than anything. Um, it just felt like this magical yeah, form strong. of super soldierness, and like they were punching crack, punching cracks in the floor, and like, yeah, it's just like I don't really see the, the demon nature. So like, I'm sort of just maybe thinking that like maybe over the years they were just called demons by humans because of they, they just didn't understand what they were what these uh, super soldiers were but like yeah I'm, I'm wondering to see how that whole demon aspect and how the whole jinn aspect is going to pay off in the end here yeah um but yeah yeah during the fight najma grabs a bangle and then a portal opens, showing that train that we had heard last episode mm. now we just fully see it hogwarts express coming in here but it says karachi on it Look out. Uh, and then the DODC arrives, knocks them out with some Sonic Hulk guns, arresting them. Kamala escapes. Naki realizes uh, Kamala has powers. Kamala refuses to tell her family the truth, but her grandmother, Sana, calls. She missed the wedding, and she tells Kamala that she also saw the vision of the train, and she needs to get her ass to Pakistan ASAP. Mm. So we learned a lot of new words this episode. Yes. Jizz, clandestines. We saw the Ten Rings. We saw Blue Severed Arm. Let's make sense of this. Yes. <laughs> That's what Inside Marvel is for. Some quick announcements. New Rockstars is going to be live in Austin, Texas yes. on July 1st through the 3rd for RTX. That's Rooster Teeth's podcast festival. Our live show is going to be Saturday, July 2nd. It's just going to be a blast. Click the link in the description. Use the promo code New Rockstars, all one word, for a discounted ticket price. We really hope to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's yeah, we love Rooster Teeth. Yes, our friends at Rooster Teeth are amazing. We also want to shout out our merch partners who still have a limited number of Ms. Marvel-inspired latest obsession shirts, Cosmic Daydream, available mm. at NewRockStarsMerch.com. It's the best way to support us here at New Rockstars. And when you get one of these, you'll unlock the added option to write them a custom shout-out. It will appear at the bottom of these after shows. For example, Jose says, would Kamala's powers be amplified if she fights next to Captain Marvel? Uh, I don't know if they'd be amplified, but I think mm. they're going to be like better defined, right? Especially if... The bangle uh, is, you know, itself a form of Cree technology. If, you know, Carol Danvers' powers were derived from Cree tech, mm. eh, maybe. I don't know if they'd be amplified, though. I don't know if they'd be amplified just because of proximity, but, like, yeah, like, I, at the most, like, she'd just get the help of Captain Marvel. And so, like, the Marvel power to be amplified in general. Right. But, like, yeah, I don't think that yeah. she would be stronger. Um, Kashan says, Riri Williams is Iron Lad. She will be Kang's daughter or his variant. Uh, that's a very interesting theory. Yeah. Riri Williams. I, I, I think that she's Ironheart. 
I think she's Ironheart. I think he's saying like Ironheart could just be the MCU's version of Iron Lad. Oh, uh, right. Pl plausible. I just think Ironheart has her own backstory and her own uh, character. Yeah, I don't yeah. think she needs to be related to Kang in that way. But I like your. I like where your head is at, Kashan. Yeah, I think it's, it's very fun idea for sure. Um, and then Thomas says, I would sell bootleg Eric Voss merch at AvengerCon. <laughs> well, don't tell me that, Thomas. I'm going to send my lawyers after you. I'm just kidding. I don't have lawyers. I don't have lawyers. I should get lawyers, right? I should get lawyers. We yeah. should all get lawyers. Um, all right. MT, what's, what are we talking about for this episode? Hi, bro. I got to ask you here. Who are the Jinn, a.k.a. the clandestines, and how do the Bengals connect to the Ten Rings? So last week we predicted that if Najma, Cameron, and Kamala weren't in humans, then they would be some other proper noun specific to this series, just some mm. other group, and that's exactly what they did. And in fact, I should have stuck to my guns leading <laughs> into the series that the answer would be granted in Kamala's spiritual beliefs, because it's right. exactly what is happening now. Hey, still points. I'll still give you points for that. I'm giving you more points. I really <laughs> did not think that the Ten Rings would come into this, uh, but I'm so happy to be wrong here, because this is very exciting to see all this connect. And I think it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, really, we should point out the series is, at least at this point, it seems like dramatically changing Kamala's origin from the comics. Right. Uh, and as I predicted in our preseason episode, they're grounding it more in the era that the MCU seems to be in at the moment. And based on Moon Knight and Thor Love and Thunder, Wakanda Forever, Eternals, that theme is faith. Mm. How the spiritual beliefs of characters in the MCU inform their power sets. Now, sure, on, in one corner of the MCU, we're definitely exploring the multiverse with Kang and incursions and all that great stuff. Right. But on this whole other level of the MCU, we're exploring religion. And I, for one, am fascinated. I'm here for it. Yes. This is an incredibly bold vector for Marvel Studios to explore. And thematically, it's far more uncharted. Because, yeah, we've seen the multiverse uh, uh, trope done pretty well in lots of other IPs. Like from everything Dan Harmon has touched to everything everywhere all at once. Hey. And we haven't, though, spent enough time, I think, in what I call the Neil Gaiman territory, right? Mm. How superheroes intersect with religion and spiritual beliefs of characters, how they're basically gods. Uh, so now I can't wait for the MCU to explore this. I think it's not at all what I expected Phase 4 would explore. I thought they would touch on it, but now they're like making it their core theme of this of this era and oh yeah for I, sure it's super like, exciting we see it with uh yeah miss marvel we see it with thor love and thunder obviously moon knight like this we're definitely going to the more spiritual yeah. side of things and like i need to see more like i love how the mcu is interpreting things in our reality in their own way and explaining it with a marvel flair yeah. and like man what they're yes. doing with the gods is so freaking cool and i can't wait to learn more about the science of the gods it's really dope yeah now, uh, let's define some terms here. Jinn, mm. right? Mm. This was mentioned back in episode one. It refers to the spiritual beings from Islamic folklore seen as demons or boogeymen, but they've been anglicized as genies, right? So I think at some point in my upbringing, they're like, oh, so jinn or what we call genies. And it's like, no, it's not what we call genies. It's like we, <laughs> we distorted and bastardized the concept of what jinn are supposed to be uh, into a blue Robin Williams uh, dancing around <laughs> tap dancing like that's not what Jin are in fact like uh as kamala explains this episode and as her father explains to bruno there is a, a deeper darker lore to them uh yeah. they are more frightening beings you know um and uh oh fun fact that we should mention qui-gon Jin's name actually mm. came from the term Jin, right mm. uh so that's how ironic is it that disney Plus gives a little dip of Jin today yes <laughs> ironic ironic <laughs> so, so 
but we have to define clandestine. Okay, so right. uh, this is an actual group in Marvel Comics from the 90s, created by Alan Davis, founded mm. uh, by this guy named Adam of Ravencroft from 1168 in England. Good year. This kid was impaled on a scythe and renamed Adam of Destin because they're like, wow, this guy can survive anything. <laughs> He's destined for great things. <laughs> so this young hero joins the Crusades you know, at this time, that's when a lot of these European powers were headed to the Middle East to reclaim the Holy Land. That's where he went. And during all these uh, adventures, he was dreaming of this mystery woman in his mm. in his visions and in his dreams. Don't we all? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he gets kidnapped by a warlord uh, and ha goes through all the stuff with him, but is later saved by a female spirit that is contained in a gem. And mm. that spirit is later revealed to be named uh, Elilith. I think that, uh, I was but, struggling with this name last night too. I was like, Eli? Eli? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, she's a djinn. She is definitively a djinn. And she becomes his lover. They have all these immortal descendants and they become known as Clan Destine, the mm. Clan of Destine, right? right. Uh, and uh, in the comics, there's like a whole bunch of them. They have different powers. They're similar to the mutants, they cross paths with the X Men. Uh, they were brought back in 2008. Nothing against clandestine, but um, they weren't really hits. Yeah. You know, everyone right now who talks about Marvel stuff was doing some research on clandestine <laughs> last night because I don't think I don't know anyone who had read clandestine. Nah, bro, like up. I know a lot of Marvel. I've only heard that name once in passing. I do not know what the clandestines were last night, but I know them now. <laughs> they are a deep cut. And I think that's by design. I don't think they were yeah. chosen because, you know, people are going to be like, oh, yes, finally, clandestine. <laughs> no, no, no. I think Kevin Feige is like, give me the name of the most obscure group uh, <laughs> that we can change. But also, I think this history with these people who do not age, people connected to the Jin mythology, they're obviously changing it. But I think it's, it's specific for, I think they wanted to throw that in as a nod to the fact that Adam uh, had that kind of history with the Jin. Also, one of the people in this group group is named Adam. He's spelled differently, but is he Adam of of uh, of Destiny? Very interesting. We don't know. It seems like Najma and Aisha were leading this group. We also don't know how long they've been around. We don't really know how they got in this dimension. You know, what, how long they've been vanished here. And you know what's what's also super interesting is like we have the names Aisha and Adam um, in this. You know team that is all about energy which is what you know the sovereign are all about in on their planet so i'm just like is this intentional like is there like a, a hidden meaning behind these names and like i know that um the name aisha if i'm not mistaken um means like she who was long lived or something like that i googled this once last night i totally forgot um i think it means like more like a long-lived person so like i'm wondering if like there's like a specific reason why like they're they're linking these like this name aisha to long-lived people like i think the the sovereign are the the peak of their evolution so like I, i'm assuming they live long um so like i'm wondering what the connection here with these names are and why they chose you know adam and aisha and that combination um but that's just me rambling <laughs> you bring you bring up an interesting parallel there for sure mt mm -hmm. absolutely at the moment it seems like marvel studios is taking this lesser known family of superpowered beings from the comics redefining them as jinn from islamic folklore and then coming from a dimension called the nor dimension nor means light this is the purple color dimension that kamala briefly transported to in episode one pretty sure now that the other beings she saw there were likely other jinn or people from that home dimension at least like they're known as jinn in this dimension, 
but they may just have a completely different name as as uh, as Najma uh, hints at in this episode. Um, however, while we're grounding everything in Islamic folklore, space is still a big part of this because these bangles are not something from the jinn's dimension. They found it in this dimension as a way to possibly get home, and they came to the MCU by way of the Ten Rings. Hey. Yes, our friends, the Ten Rings from <laughs> Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, an ancient society of warriors led by Wen Wu after he found uh, these Ten Rings, these Ten Rings that he wears as bracelets, in the movie Shang-Chi, they do not say or show where he found them. At some point, Jai Ling says that he found them in a crater, but we never actually saw that or what that crater looked like. We may be seeing that crater here now. Shang-Chi ended with Wong discovering a pulsing beacon hidden in those ten rings, summoning something. Uh, in the comics, the ten rings are alien tech. It's called McLuhan tech. Each ring uh, in the comics is said to contain the spiritual essence of an ancient McLuhan warrior, and uh, each ring has a different power set. We didn't see that in the movie. It kind of seemed like they all just kind of had this uh, 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 concussive power to them uh, that just make you punch stronger and you can kind of float with them. Um, in the comics, it was the Mandarin who found them. Wen Wu is loosely based on the Mandarin, uh, and he found them in like the crashed wreckage uh, of uh, of the McLuhan extraterrestrial whom we called uh, the dragon, or at least we didn't. I didn't, you know, ever, I wasn't reading the comics in the seventies. I wasn't alive yet, but it was called the, the dragon named Fin Fang Foom, which also was left out of a, of the Shang-Chi movie, just because obviously that name has some, uh, not great. Connotations so good cut, good cut. But what is interesting now is that the Jinn are discovering only one of the two bangles that some man in a temple told them to find. Empty. I think that man in the temple was Wen Wu. We know Wen Wu was alive at this point. Wen Wu's always been alive. He's been alive for like a thousand years. Yeah. Uh, I think this rubble in India was the crater, was the site that uh, the same place where he found the Ten Rings. I think we are looking at a Cree crash site. And we know that the Ten Rings were everywhere across the Asian continent. In, in China, modern day China, they were as uh, uh, definitely as far west. Yeah, as far west as like Afghanistan. Like it was meant to be like a, an empire spanning the globe the way Genghis Khan's empire did. I think this bangle right now is the same kind of alien tech that the Ten Rings are. Um, but I think one of those bangles was stolen was taken from the site. Najma said that the British had already gone through the site, meaning the other bangle, where is the other bangle? I think it's somewhere in the UK. Maybe Colonizer in Dane Whitman's uncle's mansion. That's right. That's right. Get Killmonger on this. We need to be robbing more museums. It could be among uh, the, the possessions of Dane Whitman's uncle because uh, he's got the ebony blade there. Are there other things that he has there? Could it be with Blade and the MI-13? That's the supernatural mm. division where he teams up with Black Knight. Maybe Moon Knight could be involved with this. We are exploring more of the supernatural side of the MCU. Now, again, we have to talk about this severed arm was blue in the MCU. Blue-skinned aliens are usually Kree. They aren't the only blue-skinned aliens out there in the MCU, but I think that could mean that Kree tech is, is definitely involved in the bangle. Maybe the term inhuman could come up on the series. I would say don't hold your breath because uh, <laughs> they're using a whole other glossary of terms, it looks like. But yes, I think this bangle and the Ten Rings are both Kree tech. Cree technology invented by imperialist Cree. I think this was uh, the ship. There was a ship in ancient times that crashed on Earth containing Cree tech. These are ancient Cree over a thousand years ago who came to Earth, maybe in that time created in humans. We don't know yet, but I think on this ship 
were things like the Ten Rings and things like the Bangles. One of the Bangles ended up in the hands of some British colonizers. The other one stayed here in the rubble found by the Jinn. So this isn't all coming from one place, right? We have Kree tech from space, and then we have the Jinn coming from another dimension. I think that Ten Rings beacon is summoning the Kree to mm. reclaim this important tech of theirs. And I think that is setting up the marvels. And that's why Carol Danvers was in that scene. And she's like, it's more, it's beyond any tech I've seen. Now, she's obviously pretty familiar with Kree tech. She spent quite a bit of time on Hala, but I think this predates her. I think this is from ancient Kree times. Mm. And she's just not studied up on her Hala history. <laughs> I think this proves to us that in the Marvels, Carol Danvers, Monica Rambeau, and Kamala Khan are going to have to defend Earth from a Kree invasion. I think Secret Invasion is going to show us a shadow war, and I think that's going to spill out into an open, hostile, hot war uh, between the Kree and the Skrulls on Earth. And I think those three women are going to have to team up to defend us from their Kree invaders, from these imperialists. Um, so meanwhile, I think the Jinn have been trapped in the Earth dimension, and they hope that the Kree Bangles is just a technology they don't fully understand and will be powerful enough to open a portal back to their home dimension regardless of the consequences. Uh, but what was that Nora dimension? How did they get here? Well, remember, in Shang-Chi, Nan referred to alternate realms and civilizations beyond our own. The Jin could have been outcasts from one of those. They aren't all Jin who live in that dimension. They're other dimensional beings. But here, they're kind of banished here in the MCU on this Earth dimension uh, to kind of walk the Earth as, as these kind of ghostly figures. Um, now, I think we're going to learn that this Nora dimension could be one of the afterlives of the MCU, part of the same network that we know the ancestral plane is connected with the Duat. Tower had explained that there are various afterlives in the MCU, and they go by different names. I, I think the Nora dimension is a different one, uh, but is also considered an afterlife. And these jinn, like ghosts in various other mythologies, are banished to walk this mortal plane unwelcomed by that afterlife. Damn. So that's, I think the Nord dimension is just like another version of the ancestral plane, another version of the Duat. I think people who go, they go there when they die, but these Jinn were outcasts from that for whatever reason, right? Ooh. They had some drama or maybe their, their <laughs> souls were kind of cursed in some way. Obviously that's a lot empty, but since you're the one who figured out that the Ten Rings was connected to this, I defer to your expertise. What are your thoughts? Man, I mean, I really love this idea of like the, the Kree getting this beacon, like, and, and just be like, oh my God, like, the humans are ready for, for for whatever we need them for. We're like, our, our ten rings or all of our objects are over here. Let's go get them. I really like that idea. But like, I, I honestly think that, you know, ten rings and these bangles could be a lot older than even the Kree civilization. I think that these mm. could, like, have come, like, millions of years ago in that comet of Vibranium oh. that crashed on Earth, um, uh. like, a long time ago. And, like, because, like, I, we were, you were mentioning Killmonger earlier, and I was thinking of that museum scene of like, remember when he puts on that um that mask and it's like a demon and like it's like all right this is part of like culture and like well, they, they, the demons existed in, in this culture a long time ago and I'm just like I think that that's important I think that these like demon creatures probably came with this asteroid maybe and um you know like and all of like the the, the ten rings and the bangles and like the vibranium in general all of these items and like because we know from um from the end of Shang-Chi that they were analyzing the Ten Rings and they were like, all right, there's, this isn't really a material that we've seen before. So like they've only, and they said that it wasn't vibranium. So I'm just like, all right, vibranium is like a very rare metal that came from outer space. So like, what if other rare metals, like, you know, the, the metals found in the Ten Rings and like this, the, this new bangle, what if they're all part of this package of 
foreign metals from a different planet and like, all right, here you go. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, these 10 rings have like a more, much more um, older history and possibly, I think that maybe even uh, the Jin and these bangles could have come from the realm of Talo. Cause we know from Shang-Chi that Talo is a separate universe, um, like a neighboring universe from the 616. So like, I'm thinking that these Jin people possibly could have just been exiled from, from the realm of Talo cause they were just being jerks and they want to get back. Um, and cause, cause we know that, um, Shang-Chi's mom, she's from another universe. So she, like, she is not native here. And like his dad is from this universe. So a very similar situation, um, with Shang-Chi. And I think that they might be setting up a team for like maybe Kamala and Shang-Chi and like maybe other people, um, to make a little clandestine team for the MCU. That'd be really fun. Um, but yeah, I think that these, um, these rings, the, the, the 10 rings and all this stuff is, it's, it's a much older than pro probably even planet um but that's just me <laughs> that's 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 pretty old pretty old i mean i think it's ultimately you're right i think it is uh and the kree as a as a species predates humanity by countless years right like <laughs> a long time we saw kind of the origin of the humans of earth and eternals we saw the sumerian civilization that was uh 5000 bc roughly um and that's uh, the earliest uh, signs of civilization we really know of. There's obviously other, other other civilizations around the planet, but it's not like we really had any uh, intelligent civilization formed before 10,000. Uh, in the MCU, uh, 10,000 BC was really when the five tribes of Wakanda came together. And I've always loved the understanding of the MCU that that vibranium meteorite striking Wakanda is, is the what-if scenario that made mm. the MCU different from our reality. Uh, that is the one thing that changed. That's the one thing that's different. Uh, and then everything else kind of stemmed from that. It's that, that was, yeah, that was the Nexus event. Uh, and that maybe, see, I don't know if, uh, I, I think that's an interesting theory that um, these bangles or these other things could have been on that meteorite as well. But I, I don't know if they were on the meteorite, but I do think that they were connected, right? I think the Kree saw that meteorite strike uh, Terra and was like, Oh, so they got some early tech. There's a there's a group there who's now starting to build that and weaponize that. They're ready for a higher form of war. And sent this this Cree warship there. Um, so the Cree started to experiment, maybe create inhumans, things like that. Uh, things went wrong, obviously. Uh, when Wu ended up with the Ten Rings, someone else ended up with these bangles, etc. And uh, I, I think ultimately you're right. I think they do come from another dimension. I think it's one of the ones that was hinted at beyond Talo personally mm. um but i'm wondering like was there someone they pissed off like in the way that you know love and thunder is going to introduce us to the pantheon of deities uh maybe one of these characters you know they'll say like what maybe we'll meet some other grouch who's sitting in one of those thrones and <laughs> who has a reputation for casting people out of his or her afterlife uh and that you and I will be able to connect that back to these jinn here in ms marvel mm. um we'll find out for sure but I mean, this is leading me to some pretty crazy directions. I don't right. want to get there yet, but we'll get there later this episode. This episode was so exciting. I love it. First, we want to thank some friends who helped us make this episode. Starting with our friends at Blue Chew. Summer is here and the temperature isn't the only thing that is rising. Yes, this episode was brought to you by Blue Chew. Fellas, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. 
You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code MARVEL at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code MARVEL to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. We thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this show. We also want to thank Stance for sponsoring this episode. We love us some Stance socks around the new Rockstar's office. They're, they fit great and have cool designs made with brands like Marvel, Pixar, MLB, NBA, The Simpsons. They even have a new line inspired by Fortnite. Let everyone know that you're glad no build mode is here. Stance is branching out beyond socks to bring color, comfort, and creativity from toe to head with the launch of a new active apparel line. Check out Stance's super soft line of sweatpants, shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. Now available in a full range of fits, prints, and fabrics, and fun. Embrace a life of superior comfort and creative expression with everyday active apparel that truly is stitched different. Stance's philosophy is that you should never have to sacrifice your own individual style for the sake of comfort. And now you do not have to. Whether you're relaxing around the house, working out at the gym, or running all over town, Stance now delivers its signature softness and creativity in a full line of active apparel styles from toe to head. Stance has got you covered. Head on over to Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code MARVEL at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Stitch different. All right, back to the episode. MT, so we know that Ms. Marvel was setting up the Marvels, right? And we seem to have this, like, Kree conflict coming, especially if the Ten Rings are revealed to be Kree and these bangles are revealed to be Kree. But in the meantime, we're also exploring more of the supernatural side. So I want to ask you, is Ms. Marvel setting up Blade? Hmm. I think that, you know, Ms. Marvel could be a, con a continuation of, like, what Blade is doing. Because we saw at the end of Eternals that uh, he's collecting all of these artifacts that, I mean, I'm assuming that he's collecting all of these artifacts that seem to be a little bit too much for humanity to handle. And so, like, I think that the the Ten Rings and possibly these bangles could fall under this category. And so Blade could show up, like, at the end when the DOGC fails to capture Kamala. It's like, hey, I can keep an eye on you, and uh, I'm supposed to collect that, but I'm just going to let you have it because uh, you seem to be pretty good with it. Um, this is like, uh, if you want to join the Midnight Suns, here's my card, sort of a scenario. Um, <laughs> but even though that would be hilarious, I don't think Miss Marvel's going to be on the Midnight Suns. That would be so funny. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's tangentially related to Blade, but like, I don't know if they're setting up Blade through the Marvels, but like, I think that Blade might be like, sort of involved just because of the cosmic nature of this artifact. But what, what do you think? I mean, I it's I didn't expect this at all going into this series, but like right now, like we could the DODC, we don't really know exactly what their main focus is. They seem to just be worried about quote unquote enhanced individuals. But as we, you know, pivot from the show to She-Hulk, I think we're gonna be seeing more examples of supernatural beings, werewolves, zombies, vampires, etc. And the more we get shout-outs to those things, the more likely Blade could show up. Uh, I don't know if it'll be the Midnight Suns first. I think we're going to see some investi uh, investigatory unit maybe under the DODC or in conjunction with the DODC. That's why I brought up MI13. MI13 is like the British intelligence service right. uh, where Black Knight teams up with, uh, with Blade and other people to investigate and deal with these paranormal threats. Uh, 
I, I'm just like, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. I'm like equally on the fence of uh, Cleary is a scroll and Cleary is a vampire hunter, right? <laughs> it seems like either direction could be valid, doesn't it? I would love to see Cleary hunting vampires. <laughs> That'd be so funny. But yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. Every Marvel show is going to start to give us more and more of these uh, these things from folklore, things from supernatural, par- parano- uh, paranormal phenomena, uh, yeah. and I think uh, Jin are part of that part of that ecosystem. And to that point, I have to ask MT: Is Mephisto back on the table? Ooh. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Yo, I'm hearing. Let's go. Could Mephisto have been the demon overlord of the dimension from which the djinn were cast out? Could Mephisto have banished them to this dimension? I sound crazy. That question's not stupid as I say it. I don't think, no, bro. I don't don't think this sounds stupid because we're dealing with demons. And like, Mephisto is the ultimate demon. Ultimate demon. He's a demon lord. (laughs) All hail Mephisto. Look, we know that the Ms. Marvel cast is like, into new rock stars they they're big fans of ours iman Vellani watches our videos other people in the cast and crew watch our videos hey iman we love you and specifically specifically our preseason episode where we speculated that her uh, powers are going to be rooted in her spiritual beliefs that we know for sure iman Vellani said during the press conference she shared it with the executive producer on the show they talked about that mm. and i think that should have been a clue to us that we were on the right path on that episode. Mm. So maybe the reason is, is like Iman secretly knows that we <laughs> were right about Mephisto and Mephisto's coming and they just want us to have this win. Oh my God. I would love it. I, maybe? <laughs> no. I, I mean, I just don't think so. I don't think so. I just like, I feel like he's at least back on the table. It would be such a fun reveal, like for sure. It's like, oh yeah, in your in your uh, your family line, Mephisto, uh, he made the bracelets, and like now you're uh, part of the devil's. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't make the bracelets. The bracelets came from Kree Tech, but I think he's the look. Mephisto and Jen come from completely different spiritual belief systems. Mephisto, obviously, <laughs> from Judeo Christian, not even Judeo, just straight up Christian and Catholic mm. uh, folklore from the from the early uh, early times. Whereas Jen is something from a completely different. Completely different faith network. I understand that. Don't lecture me on that. I know. I know. Guys, I know I'm reaching right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying I I did not think that uh, that people's faith and their spiritual beliefs would play such an important role in this series. And I think the more the MCU does that, the more likely people like Mephisto can show up. And I think really Mephisto is going to be the villain of some kind of upcoming Midnight Suns. That's, I don't need Mephisto to show up before that, honestly. But if he does... Like, I feel like if Mephisto is for sure coming to the MCU. I feel like there's no doubt about that. He's too big of a name to not come to the MCU. But yeah, I think that um, Midnight Suns, like you said, might be a, a better a better place to introduce or make him the big, like, Thanos type of um, person for that team. So, yeah, for sure. So, other questions from this episode. Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, is Bruto going to go to Caltech? Dr. Eric <laughs> Selvig exploring interdimensional travel? Uh, and just put it up online for every teenager in Jersey City to read? <laughs> I know what the teams like, interdimensional travel papers. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, uh, another thing I just wanted to bring up real quick is, like, we saw that the Ten Rings logo was on um, the floor there. Um, like, what if, I honestly think that Agent Cleary is working in tandem with um, the Ten Rings organization, and that this is all possibly going to tie into Armor Wars, maybe. Because um, the Ten Rings, all about technology. Like, they were obsessed with technology and being on the cutting edge, 
And like, I think that, you know, this could be an armor wars prequel of sorts where it's like, all right, here's this cosmic armor. Um, we want it uh, because like, this is what the 10 rings does. And um, we're going to get it in one way or the other. So like, it'd be really fun if um, that's how the 10 rings connects to Miss Marvel. It's like Agent Cleary is working with um, Jai Ling and possibly even the power broker from Madripoor. I think that'd be really fun. What do you, what do you oh, think about that? Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I think ultimately every piece of like weaponized tech that's out there is going to be playing some kind of role in Armor Wars, right? Right. Um, right. I just think Armor Wars is going to be something on the other side of the Marvels. Uh, we don't have a release date yet for Armor Wars. I, I need sometime it. in twenty twenty three. I need a release date and for Justin Hammer to be confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, he's already confirmed. He's he's uh, at least in Seagate prison. On. All right. Well, we will leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. I am loving this show. So good. Loving this show. It's so good. <laughs> I'm having, and I like that I have no idea where it's going. Like our friends over at the Ringerverse podcast are calling it the summer of no expectations. And I'm, I'm on board with them. Like no expectations <laughs> for these shows. Wherever it takes us, I'm just along for the ride and I'm enjoying this ride so yeah, much. Man. Don't forget to check out our great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Boss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you're podcast. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next Thank week. You. We love you. Bye. We love you. Bye.